What's up everyone? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. Wherever you are in the world, welcome back to the Lost in Living podcast. Where we talk about mental health in its many forms, ways to potentially deal with it and the struggles people might have in a bid to potentially put light on the darker topics and help people feel less alone. We also talk about what lost in living is to me, and that's really just enjoying every day to its fullest. So I'll talk story between each episode about things I've been doing in the last two weeks while getting lost in living. Now before we kick on, I will say that everything I talk about is basically based on my own experiences and my own opinions. I don't represent anyone except for myself. Now with all that out of the way, Welcome to the next episode of the Lost in Living podcast. Eww. Last week, we had the pleasure of talking to Helen, a legendary gem from the Sirens, a women's only surf and yoga group. And during our conversation, we discussed the significance of groups, art, sport, and other activities in providing us a break and a fresh perspective from our troubles. These experiences allow us to take a breath, which can be measurable in the benefits it has for our mental health and well-being. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, check out that episode on YouTube and Spotify and anywhere you get your podcasts. But today, I wanted to focus on one of my favorite words, why. I believe this word is incredibly powerful, but it's often misconstrued. Why is that? Firstly, I think we need to understand why the word is often misunderstood and what I mean by that. More often than not, I believe it's the timing or delivery of the question that allows it to be misinterpreted. Why is such a powerful question because it encourages reflection, and reflection is crucial in almost any situation. However, asking it at the wrong time or with the wrong tone can transform it from a question seeking knowledge and insight into something resembling an attack. When why comes across as a condescending or judgmental manner, it does nothing to help the situation. Instead, it instills fear and anxiety in the recipient. Rather than the reflection of their actions, the fear of judgment or confrontation may cause them to doubt their choices or even change their mind altogether. The word why can imprison people in a vicious loop. So before you ask someone why, ask yourself, why do you want to know? Do you genuinely genuinely care or are you being judgmental? The power of why lies in its ability to strip away ego and negativity behind the question. It's simply a word, just three letters, but its weight can be phenomenal. It invokes reflection, and that's where it gets strength. When we ask ourselves why, and we can answer it honestly, not only to ourselves but to others, confidence grows regardless of the context. For example, when I asked myself, why am I doing this podcast, my answer was to help people. Without hesitation, I set off on this journey, I answered my why, and I ran with it. It's easy when we ask ourselves, and I believe it's an integral part of most of our decisions, or it should be. So what about when we're being asked why? As I mentioned earlier, it's so easily taken the wrong way. It can be seen as an attack, or someone even being dismissive, like asking why but not even caring for an answer. It's the way it's often used. Yet another mold I want to break. When something is done enough, it becomes habit. And when society does things a certain way, it becomes the norm, and so on. The negative intentions with which this question is often used have turned it into something it shouldn't be. It instills fear. Not only of an attack, but also not knowing how to respond. Because what if my why isn't something that aligns with theirs? What if it disappoints? 
What if we end up going down this whole other rabbit hole? So how do we break this cycle? It's going to take a concerted effort. As they say, there's two sides to everything. So let's start with the one asking why. Much like in episode 3, Light in the Dark, where we discuss ways of approaching tough questions centered around mental health and confronting suicide and self-harm head-on, why should be approached in the same way? In fact, almost any question coming from a good place should be asked in the same way. It's important to be at the same level or within eyeshot of the person you're asking, maintaining a calm physical and verbal demeanor, not yelling at them, not towering over them. It's also crucial not to preempt a response. Doing this creates a safe space for a response, allowing for the moment of reflection and genuine answer. It can give the receiver more confidence in their decision. Now, I just mentioned not preempting a response, and I want to expand on that a little bit and explain why it's so important. When we think we know the answer, we can often pre-script a follow-up question or a remark. But if we do this, are we truly listening to the answer? Any form of follow-up should always be 100% based on the answer given, not the one we thought was going to be given. We must not only provide a safe space for the questions to be asked and answered, but also allow the energy to carry on throughout the conversation moving forward. This is how I construct all my interviews. Although I've only done two so far, um, as well as being featured on another episode, but they were without a script. I listen to what the guest or host has to say without trying to change the topic or talk about myself. I use their answers or stories to generate how I follow it up. It's a technique called actively listening. And it's a superpower we can all learn. Now, as a receiver, sadly, you won't always receive this active, uh, soft, open approach. At least, not just yet. Let's hope we can change that. So, what can you do to not allow this question be so crippling or cause you to hesitate or even completely turn around on the decisions you've made for yourself? Firstly, ask yourself. Know your response. I know this step is way, way easier said than done, but if you have to ask yourself and are confident in your own answer, then who cares who asks you? Judgmental, condescending, and negative energy is almost expected, especially these days, it's sad to say. When there are a lot of eyes on literally everyone, like social media, everything, we're all under the microscope. Like me doing this podcast and everything I say, not everyone is going to agree with me, and there will be haters. But I've already answered my why to help people. So if someone wants to hate on that, you know, that's their provocative. I'm cool with it. So why would you allow something or someone who's not going to help you grow, reflect, or move forward in your journey, alter it? Now, I get it. Sometimes it's people we care about asking. You know, their opinions matter to us. They have more weight. But just as much as they do, as important as they are, as much as you love them, they still aren't in your shoes. And I mean, it's easy, you know, at least for me it is. If I don't know you, if you're just a friend and I I have had or I do have, and there's negative energy there and you're not really aligning with what I'm up to, I just keep on my path. There's no hard feelings, but I'm going this way. And if you don't like it, don't come along. (laughs) Simple. It is different when it comes to family. I'm very family orientated. I love my family. So why not ask yourself, because there's not often much point in asking you know, a family member confronting your why. Ask again, why? Reflect on why they want to know why. You know, Maybe they don't have the tools to ask in a certain way that guides your growth yet. Maybe the difference in generations or how they perceive life 
hasn't allowed them the ability to ask you in a way that helps you because they might be stuck in a certain way of doing things. That doesn't mean you're wrong. That doesn't mean they're wrong. You know, obviously lines are getting crossed somewhere. Maybe they genuinely care but have been conditioned in a certain way and just don't understand. It's okay, like I said. Ask why they are asking and try to dig deep into what set them up for that question. Maintain your why, stick with that confidence, and keep killing it in your own journey. You have your own unique footprint, your own path. You have the power to allow who you want on your way, so let's be confident in that and receive it as nothing more as reflection. Just reflect on this question in a bid to obtain more knowledge and power for yourself and share that with other people more understanding give yourself more freedom from the question that can imprison you you know i've been asked this question many times and as i've made changes in my life it has been asked in a supportive manner promoting growth but also a negative somewhat condescending way why did you do that why did you change why why did you go to the gym so often why do you travel instead of staying put why 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 I'm familiar with these questions and they've been asked many, many times over and over. And sometimes I think the person asking these questions in a negative manner, you know, might be scared, scared for me, scared of, you know, taking the risks of self, scared of me failing, you know, but I know my reason. I know my why's. I want to be truly happy and not just living a life that's deemed acceptable by others or society or that just makes someone else happy. You know, I deserve to be happy too. You know, I want to find my life fun and fulfilling, lost in living, you know what I mean? So, you know what brings me here in my wide, doing boardies and beanies, as well as lost in living. You know, I want to help people, make them smile more. Every time I've done something in my life, I kind of knew my why. It wasn't met with challenges, but I knew my why. So, having said all that, what is your why? Answer this question to yourself whenever you make a decision, and you can confidently tackle everything anyone trying to derail your momentum no matter what it is i believe in you it's time for you to believe in yourself so answer your why and let's keep slaying it before we have our guest on we'll give a quick shout out to our sponsor the absolute legends at good rays good rays are a cbd product here in the uk and their drinks have the highest dose of cbd that's readily available in the uk literally double that of the market leader All of their gummies, drinks, and oils are designed to help with sleep, anxiety, and stress. I was already using Good Ray's products before they got on board as our official first sponsor, and I couldn't be more stoked to represent them. So make sure you check them out at Good Ray's on Instagram, as well as in-store at Tesco, Weight Rose, and Amazon. It's always good days with Good Ray's. Now with all that said and done... Here's the interview with Ryan. So let's ask someone else their why. Today, we got Ryan Swain on board. This legend is attempting to break the world record for the longest single skateboard ride, like a feat on its own mentally and physically. But on top of that, Ryan's doing it to raise awareness for ADHD in adults. How's it, Ryan? Yo, I'm good. Thank you, Jack. Thanks for having me on your podcast. No, nah, man, it's my pleasure. We've been talking for a minute on um, Instagram and, and WhatsApp, and I, it's a pleasure having you up here. Yeah, it's, it's good how we've come together doing this. I think it's amazing, you know. Like Absolutely. First, first interaction of actually meeting and engaging with each other 
over over a podcast, you know. This is professionalism at its highest level, you know what I mean? Absolutely, bro. It's, it's it's unique. It's it's one way to meet someone, that's for sure. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's something you'll never forget, right? Do you know what I mean? So that's it. Remember that one time we met on the podcast the first time? <laughs> Hey, we'll be yeah, telling yeah, this story yeah, 10 yeah, years yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll never be able to forget it. It'll be documented forever. Do you know what I mean? This exactly. Across social exactly. Media and so I, I know oh, yeah, what you're all, all about. I know what you're doing. So let's let's tell the people what, what's happening. What, what, tell me your why, Ryan. Sure. So I am Ryan Swain. I'm a skateboarder and presenter. Um, as many of you know, I'm actually going to be attempting two, that's two Guinness World Records in one day, in 24 hours, at Elvington Airfield on May the 8th, which is a bank holiday Monday. So there's no excuses for not coming <laughs> down and supporting. <laughs> and you're not taking the day off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it to raise funds and awareness. Uh, the awareness is vitally as important as the money as well. Uh, for mental health and it's all about mental health and inspiring people with mental health disorders that you can basically still get up and achieve your dreams your goals and your ambitions and that the mental health disorder whatever it may be whether it's OCD or depression or anxiety ADHD ADD uh, anything along them lines anything on the spectrum doesn't define who you are as an individual do you know what I mean yeah it's going to hold you back and set you back from some things but you can still get up and, and try, you know, and that's what this is all about. So um, so it's quite a passionate campaign. And obviously there's many people suffering with their mental health of all ages, all sexes, all creeds, all, you know, nationalities. It doesn't matter where you go in the world. Everybody seems to be suffering with a mental health at the moment. And I think there's been a real aftershock from the pandemic. Um, so... You know, people are starting to come around now and start to realise, actually, you know, maybe there is, you know, maybe there's something wrong with my mind. And uh, they're starting to look a little bit more profoundly into what the problem is, which is great. So um, what I want to try and do with help from yourself and others is to try and basically get a message out there that, one, you're not just looking out for symptoms within yourself. You're also trying to help others as well and looking out for symptoms in your friends, your family, your loved ones, your colleagues at work even. Do you know what I mean? So... Exactly. That's quite so, the last episode we talked about um, a little bit of um, suicide and self harm, and we talked. Uh, my attempt in talking about it is to normalize these topics. So, like, I feel like the the mental health movement is amazing. Like, you know, there's a massive campaign. Um, the okay, it's it's okay to not be okay, but I felt yeah, like that's was, a great, it's a great way of looking at it. Exactly, but I felt like there was still like kind of barriers to it like it's okay to not be okay but we're not going to talk about it that much yeah. so where course, i was talking yeah, about yeah. mental health and suicide uh sorry mental um, suicide and um self-harm as a way to normalize talking about these topics and you said so yourself literally everyone is affected with mental health either somewhere or another you know i think there's this- a lot of people maybe perhaps that um i think there's maybe a lot of people perhaps that uh sort of feel maybe that whatever it is they're suffering with, like you mentioned there, self-harm being a big one, um, depression being another massive one. I, I think sometimes people isolate themselves and they kind of mm. feel like they, you know, that they're being a burden maybe on their 
friends or their family yeah, exactly. or maybe college instead of just saying actually I don't feel great today and the reason being is it's not anything that you can see on my body it's actually what I'm feeling inside my head or inside yeah. my heart and soul you know what I mean and, and 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 I think that gets overlooked a lot and people try to swallow their pride a little bit and pretend that everything's okay when when it's not and that's like as you mentioned earlier uh, to me before we started the podcast that's a, a sort of detrimental sort of thing really I think and that's something that that needs you know it needs raising profile for you know to sort of speak out and try to raise that confidence in people inspire that confidence in people to speak out about how they're really feeling well I feel like it's it's the next step like the mental health movement has started like there's no stopping it now we all understand that everyone kind of battles with something whereas you know maybe a generation or two ago it was like hard enough, go out and get to work. You know what I mean? Now it's kind of like, yeah, okay, sure. okay, your mind actually isn't isn't nice to you. you your mind can be cruel. So now the next it step can. is normalizing the extra conversation. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, and, you know, I'm a victim to it too. Like I have thoughts or I have, have had thoughts many a time where I'm like, don't like myself. You know what I mean? But it's the ability to talk to someone about it that eases that burden that we have on ourselves. Well, it's not yeah, I totally yeah. agree. Totally agree. And, and I see, you with that. I see the in your posts and like your stories and stuff how passionate you are about the movement that you've got going right now with the skating. But you know, it's not about the skating. Mm-hmm. It's about it's about raising awareness. You know what I mean? So what is yeah, it of course. specifically? Yeah. What is your specific um, link to the mental health movement? Like, what's your ailment? Uh, obviously, I have, as you've probably seen, and I'm totally uh, unaware sometimes. I am very, I'm a self-aware person when I'm socially around people and things. Uh, but when I'm on my own, sometimes I'm not that aware of things that I'm doing. So sometimes maybe I'm tapping my hand or moving around constantly, and that's part of my ADHD, which is obviously a neurodevelopmental uh, issue, um, chemical imbalance. So attention deficit, hyperactivity deficit, uh, attention deficit, hyperactivity. <laughs> so that's what ADHD is. Those of you that don't know anything about ADHD. Um, and for me, skateboarding at the age of 12, when I found skateboarding, was something that I could actually channel my energy into. I'm a, you know, it actually kept me focused. I think there's this myth with people with ADHD that they can't focus for long periods of time. Yeah, that is kind of true, but also on the opposite side of that, maybe if anybody's watching with ADHD, you might be able to relate to this. When you find something that you truly love and are passionate about, it gets your 110% undivided attention. So you actually (laughs) devote everything you've got within your soul, your heart, your body into that thing. And for me, that was skateboarding. And skateboarding really, I don't know, it just clicked. The chemistry clicked straight away. Talking about it like it's some kind of relationship, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, well, it is a relationship. It is a it's relationship. love. Um, it's been the longest relationship that I've ever had, put it that way. And many <laughs> copy skaters that I watched it are probably feeling the same thing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. For, for, for me, it was something clicked in skateboarding. And it wasn't just about the proactivity. It wasn't about the thrill. It wasn't about the excitement or the stimulation. It was, it was a whole social movement as well. It introduced me to new people. It oh, yeah. introduced me to new music, art, culture, all that kind of stuff. Big package of stuff. 
Um, and I just got hooked on it. And that really helped me through some very dark times in my teenage years, you know, in, into, my, into my adulthood. And it's been with me ever since. I did try to put it to bed once and it's come back into my life. So you always Never say, don't they, if something's, <laughs> if something's destined to be in your life, it will make its way back in. Oh, you know, yeah. Let that door open. Uh, so tying the two together, skateboarding is a great platform because there's lots of people skateboarding now. It's got international attention around the world. Uh, and it's actually recognised as an Olympic sport now. Whereas yes. when I was doing it, 10 to 15 years ago, skateboarding has always been this kind of segregate, just divide down the middle of skateboarding where some people just see it as something that children have or children do, like ADHD in some respects. And then other people were seeing it as like this grandiose Olympic sport. So uh, now it's taken more seriously, obviously, and it's on a, you know, I say it's on a huge platform now around the world. And I just thought it'd be great to tie the two things together because skateboarding for me has helped me through the darkest times of my life. So I'm not even going to pretend that it hasn't. It has It's been there for me and it's caught me and accommodated me. And it's probably done the same thing for you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I grew up, skateboarding was my first board sport. So I, I love my board sports and I'm obsessed with surfing. Even though I barely surf, but I've always been able to skate because, like, you know what? No matter where you are in the world, there's concrete. Standard, that's a pretty standard stereotype for you, right? With the surfing, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm Australian, so I have to like surfing. <laughs> no excuse, exactly. There's no excuse. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I actually walked in. I walked into a surf shop up here, um, and. They asked me to be an um, instructor because they heard my voice. And I was like, no, nah, <laughs> okay. okay, I can teach you how to snowboard. I can maybe teach you how to skate, but I can definitely not teach you how to surf. <laughs> You're just waiting for the accent. That's what it is. You know? Yeah, like, uh, like I can be salesman, but that's about it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah that's like... Great. That's awesome. Skating was my first board sport, and I loved it. Me and my brother used to skate all the time. And you know what? It cut like your campaign kind of hits close to home because my brother also has um, ADHD. I don't know if it's officially diagnosed or not, but he knows like he just cannot. For for him, it's not being able to focus on one thing at a time. And yeah, and the that 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 like on top of that, he's not able to finish things most of the time. Because his his mind's always worrying about the next step. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I can see, totally totally relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and like totally relate. You know what? It's not. It's often seen as such a bad thing, but it can be such a beautiful thing at the same time. Because my brother's ideas are amazing. He just needs to follow through with some of them sometimes. But it's 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 the ability to keep the mind going. But it's having conversations like we're having. Of course, we are, yeah, you know. That allows him to feel like. Bro, you're normal. I think, That's okay. I think a lot of people, yeah. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people, including your brother, um, especially with people with ADHD, are very misunderstood people, you know. 100%, 100%. I think it, I think it can come across to others, maybe perhaps that don't have ADHD or don't understand sort of neuroscience or mental yeah. health. It can come across like you're just 
even a attention seeker or can't sit still and you're just constantly, you know, lapping it all up. And, it, and it's not like that at all, really. I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm actually very, um, I always say, I'm an, ah, it's that twitch, but I always say that I'm a, to everybody that, around me, including yourself and anybody that knows anything about, I'm, I'm an extrovert, I'm a massive adrenaline addict, not a junkie, an adrenaline addict that is a massive personality with, extrovert qualities but but i'm an extrovert in an introvert's body and i, I am very introverted <laughs> inside you know what i mean yeah, yeah. I, I, I knew that was coming because i've got people think that i've got a bit of confidence and stuff and i talk to people and put myself out there that you know nothing phases me which isn't true at all and i'll be honest i'm late there to you uh, i do get shy sometimes and mm. and i think you know, that's that's a human quality, you know. Uh, this this myth as well, people with ADHD don't have any empathy, which I think's ridiculous, you know. There's um, a lot there's a lot of myths. A lot of myths with yeah, loads, of, of, myths loads of myths. Yeah, so many myths, you know, and it's it's trying to debunk the myths. That's that's the problem. And and that's why we're trying to do this campaign with the skateboarding, the world records, talking about mental health, because what we can do with that is we can not only get people recognizing signs and symptoms, what to look out for. Not only are we helping people express their own emotions and feelings, perhaps maybe they didn't have the confidence to do that. And we're trying to incite that, but yeah. also we, we are trying, we are trying to sort of debunk any myths, you know, these, these unpopular misconceptions that I call them that people have in their heads of, a certain things, stereotypical views, you know, and and ADHD's probably got the worst stereotypes 100%, out there. I'd know. say. I think, I think. I think. I think. People just assume that you're some sort of criminal, or you you're naughty, or you're bad, or yeah, exactly. You know, you think you like when you say ADHD to people that don't necessarily understand it or haven't experienced it before. You think like movies just paint it as someone that's just going to be addicted to Ritalin. That's all it is. Look, I know nothing about yeah, Ritalin. Yeah, I don't even know if it's used anymore, but that's what the movies painted as. Like you want Ritalin to calm them down. But also like, to be <laughs> honest, ADHD in adults, I don't think is talked about at all, but it's often spoke about no, as the, no. the, naughty, the naughty kid. If the kid's being naughty or acting out a bit in high school, I oh, must have ADHD. So I think that's where the the negative mindset behind it comes from judging the kids with it. And then the adults yeah, kind of don't really, you know, they shy away from recognizing it because they're like, well, if I was a kid, they'd just tell me I was bad, you know? So I'm just not even going to um, recognize it as an adult. So I, do agree. You feel, I agree completely. Yeah. So do you feel yeah, like no, I, I now saying it out loud yourself, do you feel like, you know, empowered or, as a weight lifted, or do you feel even morely judged? Uh, a couple of weeks ago in the press, obviously, when when all this went out nationally in the press about what I'm going to be doing for, you know, for, for the country, because technically these these world records have never been attempted by any other UK skater in history. So I'll be going out there on May the 8th to make history, and I'm doing wait. it for my country, and I'm proud, proud to do that. Do you know what I mean? Um, doing it for my county, I'm doing it for my region, doing it for my country, doing it for the skateboarding community, but most importantly, I'm doing it for anybody that's anybody out there that's suffering with their mental health, you know, of any age or any generation. But um, going back to your question, 
yeah, do I feel empowered? Yeah, there was a headline that went out and it was, I see it as my, Ryan sees his ADHD as a superpower, which is kind of true. And, and you know, I did say that. I do, I do see it as a superpower. What I actually said was, in the interview, was that if anything's going to get me through this challenge, which is a massive kind of uh, monumental mammoth challenge, um, it's got to be my ADHD, the energy that ADHD gives me, you know, it's, it's that natural energy. Um, that's what people don't understand. And I, I think people that don't have ADHD, they don't always have that energy. You know, some people have it and some people don't. It's It, it can go the other way for some people. Um, so I'm, I'm open-minded to that. And another thing that we forgot to mention there was um, is, is in girls and women, because um, ADHD is totally different in, in women and girls, you know, the symptoms oh, are totally different. That. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, you see, uh, um, yeah it's, 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 it's much harder to diagnose a woman or a girl than it is a man or a boy or a kid or whatever with ADHD. So I actually feel quite sorry for the ladies because there's a lot of ladies that are starting to do their own research and they're doing their own sort of analysis of what ADHD is and they're starting to recognise the signs and symptoms and they're trying to get help and I'm fully supportive of that. But I do think more attention needs to be brought to women with ADHD um the whole the whole the whole package needs more attention yeah absolutely but um I understand what you're saying but 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 I feel so I can't help but feel something I'm I'm very um I'm I'm very sort of uh diverse with everything that I do and I think it'd be unfair for me not to mention the ladies because no I really appreciate I really do I feel I feel I feel for women because sometimes they can get through school, they can get through education just fine, you know, without any signs or symptoms showing. And then as they get a bit older, things start to deteriorate a little bit and things get worse for them in, in adult life or in a relationship or even family life, for instance. So, um, so yeah, there's more women coming forward now saying, look, I think I've got ADHD, which, you know, which needs looking at because I don't think there's, enough research being done into women with ADHD, but guys with ADHD, yeah, do I, do, do back, back to your original question, which is an ADHD trait is to go in depth about things. No, I, you know what? I actually never, I never thought apologize. about that before. Um, don't, no, don't apologize. Like that's what we're here for. We're here to <laughs> shine light on everything. And you know what? Having, having you said that about women then, I, I can't remember a time where I associated ADHD as a, you know, an open thing. Like I've only ever known males with it. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, this is, you this shedding is light on that there. Now I'm like, wow. You know, like what are the different symptoms? I got so many questions on my mind that I'd even do research myself. Like that's crazy. I'll tell you a funny story. When I actually got diagnosed, I was 20, 21, 22, and uh, my father, my family are very, we're very close in it. We only got a small family, but very close in it, and we're very supportive of each other, and we. We all get involved in each other's business and that kind of thing, which we don't, you know, for some people don't like that, and some people do. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, it can work either way. It's it's good for some things, but um, but yeah, my father's been very supportive of me since I was little, and he wanted to come with me for my diagnosis. So we'd gone through the assessment, and we'd gone through 
of the protocol and it came round to the diagnosis, which where you go and see a professional urologist, you have a couple of sessions with them and they analyze basically everything you say, do every movement. Uh, and then obviously they make their decisions. And um, my neurologist was great, very thorough, very in-depth, very professional. And um, as she diagnosed me, she literally diagnosed my father at the same time because she'd spent the same time in the sessions yeah. with my dad. So she was watching him at the same time. Okay. And um, and sort of asking him questions sort of subtly about things. And and um, and then she told me that ADHD can be hereditary, so it can be passed through genetics. Yeah. So obviously my ADHD has come from my father. So it's something in his genetics there, which he's passing some, you know, passing some sort of gene through because my brother he's got he's got asperger's autism so um so yeah there's something genetically there in 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 the pipeline which you know sometimes i feel bad for my brother because he doesn't have the sort of um social skills or the, the sort of capability to maybe hold a conversation with somebody or get you know be involved in in some sort of you know in some sort of social way. Um, so I've, I've got that gift of the gab. But whereas he's got an incredible memory and he's very intelligent. So, <laughs> so yeah, it kind of, you know, just pros and cons for both of these things. But going back originally to what you asked me, <laughs> which was, uh, do, do I feel empowered? Yeah, I do feel empowered. You know, I do see ADHD more of a positive thing than a negative thing. I think the media draws too many negatives around you know, the Life. disorder. Um, <laughs> Everything. <laughs> I think if I didn't have ADHD, then uh, I don't know. I think it'd be a bit of a borgasm, really, a bit boring. You know, <laughs> kind of with, with me. <laughs> it gives me a little bit of charisma and a little bit of, I love it. you know, yeah, energy, right. a bit of drive, a bit of ambition. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm, 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 you know, I'm proud to have ADHD. Some people say they hate it. It's been a love-hate relationship. I'm not going to pretend that it's been easy because it hasn't. I've had some of my darkest moments in my life because of it. We're waking up every day and you're fighting your own mind. And, you know, I I, I seen this really great meme the other week and it was like a hare and a tortoise. And, you know, the whole sort of fable about the the hare and the tortoise, you know, running the race and everything. Uh, And basically the sort of moral around it was that ADHD can be both of those things at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It can be basically sprinting ahead, but then when you get to the finish line, the tortoise can pull you back, you know, and, and that's that's yeah. what ADHD is like for me. And it's a great analogy because sometimes you can be absolutely plowing through things that you wouldn't, you know, you didn't even think were capable yourself. And then you get to the, like, like your brother, where you mentioned your brother about not completing things and getting to the finish line. Yeah, he can relate uh, to that meme. That yeah, exactly. And that, that's what happens, unfortunately. And there's been many things that have happened like that in my life. But um, but as I got older and a little bit more mature, things started to get a little darker and the thought process got more um, more profound. And it was just really difficult to deal I found it difficult to deal with, you know. But um, I started to learn about emotional responses and responsibilities and being able to express myself. And once I started to learn to do that, things got a bit easier. And I think this is what the, the message about all this campaign and what I'm trying to do is with alongside other people like yourself, 
is is to try and encourage that sort of expression you know don't yeah. be scared to express how you are really feeling because the right people who care about you love you and want to see the best for you will in some way understand or comprehend what's wrong with you do you know what i mean and you know what like it's it's listening to you tell your story now like first of all you spoke about your brother and um it, it's a week a week after we release this podcast we're going to release a video and people will be able to see in your face just how much you love your brother and that was the first thing that hit for me with you talking about then and then moving forward like my brother's kids so my ne- my two nephews um one has like um a little bit of like autism Asperger's and then the other one has a genetic disorder as well so I, like I, wow, I, see okay. the, I see the connection there in my own family and then my brother with the ADHD as well and the the stigma still behind all these different things you know you've you've created this yeah, drive it's still there. You've you've created no, this, this is drive. 20, what we are now 2023. 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, <laughs> it's 23 just to, just to get the clarity. Yeah, good. Yeah, um, and this shouldn't be there, you know. No, they shouldn't. And like my nephews are the most beautiful people, man. My 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 nephew Leo, he's the eldest one. He's the one who's got like the the like high functioning like Asperger's. He's the most beautiful kid. He'll tell everyone he loves him and stuff, but he'll. He'll change his emotion at the drop of a hat or his his vibe, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then then there's Flynn who's got the genetic disorder and he's like, you see like gold in his eyes. Like he just looks at the world in a whole different way. And I almost like, I don't want to feel sorry for him, even though we're kind of conditioned to for society. He Flynn doesn't know any better and he's actually loving life. The way I see him and the way he looks at things it's so curious. And I'm like, man, you. I wish I could see life through your eyes sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, sure. The way you spoke spoke about your brother then, it just hit home for me the way I like I speak about my nephew and even my brother. Like my brother, like I said, he sometimes he struggles to finish things and stuff. But I've sat there with my bro. You said yourself that you got that, that family bond where like they kind of understand. But sometimes family yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. don't understand as well. And no, yeah, that's a great that's a great way of looking at things and, and putting it out there because exactly not everybody's not everybody's you can you can sometimes find that somebody you met in the pub or perhaps somebody you met at a skate park even or wherever could be more supportive than your family. And for my case, that never really happened because we that's are very close. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that and grateful for that. And and some people will judge me on that and, and they, they get bitter about yeah, that's it. That's amazing. I didn't I, I I didn't ask for that, you know. Mm. And at the end of the day, I've got children myself, and I do. I, I'm just reciprocating what I've experienced in my life through my exactly, family yeah. to my own children. But not like you say, not everybody's families are supportive, which is a real shame because that's what to me. I mean, everyone's preferences and views on things are different, whether it be religion or whether it be. I don't know. Even mental health, for instance, everyone's got different opinions. So um, my opinion on family, uh, that's one of the basic family values, one of the basic family rules is to support your own. So, yeah. Um, and you know what? I think like a lot of families are going to agree with you there, but I think it's the lack of knowledge and the lack of like, we're, you know, me and you having this conversation now, we're chilling like, 
it's we're being very open, but some people kind of don't like being open with their families because you know your family can talk back to you more than a stranger can. Because you know sometimes yeah, a yeah, cool. sometimes a stranger is going to bite his tongue. You might be sometimes more scared to tell your family because they're not going to bite their tongue, and their values might yeah, not align with yours. So you use these things against people, you know, and 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 that's like manipulation. And I'm not a big fan of all that kind of stuff. But, no, definitely um, not. But it goes on, and I'm well, I'm well aware it goes on, and um, it's just sad, you know, sad that people. It is sad, but like, other. you know, my my brother's had times where he's like, like he's a he's a caravan builder in Australia, and um, you know, during the pandemic, the caravan business almost died because in Australia we weren't allowed to leave like within five kilometers of our house. So, you know, I'm I'm not taking caravan to the supermarket. Um, so caravans almost died and there were many times where he wanted to give up and, but I seen like the beauty of my brother's product and what he was trying to build. And I would sit there and be like, bro, you know, come on, man, you're, you're right there. You're right there. Stick tight. And he's, he's been doing amazing things lately. Um, he's got some little pods and stuff that he's building over there, but sometimes it takes that little push from the family. And, and unfortunately, like we both said, you don't always get that. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and and I'm totally aware of that, and, and I'm sorry to hear that that's been happening in your family even now. But yeah, like you say, like um, you mentioned there about giving giving you a little push. Sometimes families can um, rekindle old flames and thoughts, or maybe old ambitions that you'd maybe set yourself once upon a time and forgotten about, you know. And and as you say, sometimes they can they can push that out of you both negatively and positively, you yeah. know, and I think that's a, that's a great way to look at that because I think if you're not getting that support and they're telling you that you can't do something, then that is going to make, it's going to make you want to do it even more. And I, I, I'm speaking from sort of personal experience here because there's a lot of people that jump on things maybe that I do and be like, oh, you'll never achieve that or that won't happen or look at things in a more negative aspect. Whereas, I'm kind of used to that because I've had that my entire life. I've had to fight for everything that I do, you know. So that fires me up even more. It gives me even more drive, more fuel, more fire to want to achieve whatever the goal is in front of me. So don't ever, t- don't ever underestimate. My message to anybody out there is don't ever underestimate anybody. You know, that's that's that's, that's a key message. I think there's too much of that going on. You know, you should never underestimate anybody, no matter who they are or where they're from. You know, and that's a, that's the sort of life lesson that I've always um, sort of sat by, really. Yeah, and, and it's always applied. You know, to to touch on the family stuff one more time, I think it's like um, not necessarily that sometimes families can be unsupportive, but you know, like you know, our parents are from a different generation and mental health and like. Um, society's ideology back then was completely different to what it is now. So they only know certain ways. And it's like, yeah, I want to I want to support you, but maybe you should do it this way. And it doesn't necessarily align with the way that you're trying to do things. So they think they're being supportive, but sometimes, sometimes it's not supportive. You know what I mean? It's like love. You know, people sometimes don't know how to show love. And love means exactly. something different to everybody, you know. Uh, and family's love, which is a totally different package altogether, is it's the same sort of fundamentals there when you talk about it. Because you know, like you say, what what a nice a nice gesture from a family member to one person might not be necessarily 
a great gesture to another, if that makes sense. So, yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. I can't, I can't that. But you've just hit on something there, which which I was going to mention, which is kind of true. And different generations, like I, I, we're talking, we're campaigning here to try and uh, bring mental health to the forefront. But you know, and, and people are quick to sort of jump on it and say, "Yeah, there's no resources, there's no funding," which which is kind of true. Uh, uh, but at, at the same time, you know, a lot of the information, we, we're constantly learning something new about mental health every single day. It's such a complex subject. Um, and I'd say even in the last 10 years, the information, as as it, it keeps growing and growing and growing. So we're constantly learning about it. But if you could rewind sort of 20 to 30 years, there was hardly any information about it at all. So um, so I think it's it's more about pushing the information, the facts, and, and obviously trying to support anybody as well that, that's maybe not clued upon it or is suffering out there, you know. I think that's quite an important message because I think people are quick to jump on things and say, oh, well, you know, why, why don't we know this? Why don't we know that? Well... There needs to be more resources for people to learn about it and the facts need to be put out there. It needs more people to speak up about how they're feeling for that to happen. So, you know, sweet. All right, so so we were just talking about how, like, you just mentioned how complex uh, mental health is and how we still need to, like, we, we, we still need to talk about it to get it out there because it's not something you could kind of measure by looking at someone. You know, looking at you down the street, I'd be like, yeah, cool, normal dude, you know what I mean? You know, it's it's just the, the the average thing that when we walk down the street, we don't realize that pretty much every single person you walk past is going to have a battle with mental health at some point in their life. And you talking about the complexity of it brings me back to something I've always said about mental health. And that's like, you know, close your eyes for a second and and look for the edge of your consciousness. You can't find it. And like, you no. look up at the you look up at the sky and you you look at the stars and there's there's no edge to that either. It's like our consciousness is just as vast as the galaxy and trying to find understanding in that without talking about it, man. Good luck. <laughs> there's I don't, I don't think there is a real understanding to it. I think it's one of those sort of enigmatic things that, that you know maybe doesn't have any answers. I think people want to discover the answers, but maybe the answers. Uh, uh, not supposed to be discovered or may even exist potentially, you know. Um, exactly, so we can get real philosophical. It's about, it's about, <laughs> oh, you can, you could. I mean, you could spend <laughs> your whole life just talking about that topic and never really getting anywhere with it. Do you know what I mean? No. So, <laughs> um, but but um, but yeah, I can understand. I can I can see the same. Um the same sort of similarities between that and mental health. And galaxy, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, very but, big stratospheric thing, do you know what I mean? Which, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, which is going to so, be... A, to put it into word, it's like it's incomprehensible how endless it is. Like Great, great, yeah. Great expression, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you just, you you literally, you like, you closed your eyes for a second. Did you see a wall? There's no wall. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no. You can't, you can't comprehend. And that's how, that's how crazy it is for someone, you know, like, we're lucky enough to be able to sit here and have this chat, but there's plenty of other people out there that are sitting alone in a bedroom, not 
having this conversation that are closing their eyes and they're just lost, you know, they're, they're, they're just without being able to find the words, like. Do you know what? That's one of my biggest fears, um, you know, phobia. People have phobias, yeah. People are scared of all sorts, you know, some things that are more sinister than others. But um, for me, I'm not scared of getting hurt. I'm not scared of dying. I'm certainly not scared of putting myself out there. But I think for me, the, the, the scariest thing that I'm scared of is probably loneliness. And I think it's that and rejection. Rejection and loneliness are two things which... I'd say the most common, and I'd, I'd probably say majority of people are scared of really, you know, they maybe won't admit it, but but I think I think loneliness is a big one, especially if you are a people person and you have got faith in sort of humanity and things. Uh, I think loneliness is a, is a massive, massive problem, and Absolutely. it's something that's again massively overlooked, you know. I'll tell you one thing now, brother. You're not going to be alone anymore, brother, because. If you think you'll be alone, you got me. So, <laughs> you know, Yo, what? we've, we've oh, connected God, over man. this. We've connected over the chat. You're never going to be alone again, man. So don't worry about it. I got you. <laughs> yeah, man. That's what it's about. And, that, you know, like, that's reciprocated. It's right back at you. So, you know, and that's what I'm all about. But, yeah, going, 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 going back to, um, like, <clears throat> what you mentioned about not, not, understanding mental health uh, i think the more people talk about it the, the more comprehensible it'll become and that's that that's kind of the message of this whole podcast and this whole campaign really which is to try and encourage people even if they don't want to just to come out of their comfort zone a little bit and sort of you know express how they really feel it you know i i you just know. feel like like honestly the the more episodes i do the more people i see that like you know, that, that expression, we're in the same boat. And sometimes it feels like there's two or three people in the boat with you and that's it. But, man, everyone, there's a big old boat. It's like Noah's Ark and everyone on earth is on there because literally everyone I've talked to <laughs> is going through the same kind of thing in a different way. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, yeah. This, the simple art of us talking about it now just shows other people that, hey, mate, like I don't need to deal with it alone. And that's... That's that's the motivation there's, behind there's this a, whole thing. There's a, there's a figure in speech which is uh, talk about old dogs and new tricks. And mental <laughs> health will look like that. I think yeah. so many different subgenres of mental health or um, so many different conditions and disorders. But the one thing they all have in common is then the sort of negative effects that people feel from them. Do you know what I mean? Like sort of subconscious feelings that people feel enduring them and having to go through and, and maybe even expressing how they are they really feeling that. I think those three things sort of um all sort of tie the sort of conditions together really. And I always say I I always see ADHD as a sort of culmination of all mental health disorders, you know. You know. But you, so, you know there's there's one thing that... all Sorry? I can see all different things on the Yeah, spectrum 100%. I agree. Merged in. There's one thing, though, that you've said tonight and that I read from your post tonight as well. So for anyone watching or anyone that's a fan of Ryan and they want to get on board his, his um, social media, 
and watch his Instagram and, you know, he's doing amazing things. But tonight he posted an amazing selfie. Dude shredded. He's been working out in the gym like a beast. Yep, there he is. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I'm not really into You know what, though? I'm not, I'm, I've always been very body conscious and I'm not really into this whole, you know, and I don't begrudge anybody doing it. If you've got it, then if you're confident enough to put it out there and do it. But even, even when I've got that confident, I don't know, I'm just not into the whole... I like yeah, to expose I, my body to the, the people that matter, if that makes sense. Do you know what no, I mean? In my I, life, maybe, I feel maybe, you big maybe time. give them something to work for, you know. Um, I like work that. Toward, I, was, um, I was honestly but, off, off topic with it. I was a, I was a really, I was a, not a large kid, but I was a large adult. Like I weighed 128 kilos and no one would see me with a top off. And then I lost all my weight. I got down to 74 shredded like six pack like everything popping you're still apart from a few instagram photos you wouldn't see me at a beach without a singlet on it was very rare no, yeah. ever get my I, I don't know maybe because i was preconditioned a certain way because when i was heavy i don't know but anyway that was off topic that's for another day i think with body conditioned i think i think even some of the most disciplined um sort of most conditioned the most fantastic um, models, they're never really satisfied. Never oh, really no, happy, definitely you know? not. I think sometimes it can be like like money. Yeah? Like I think people want this wealth. But the problem with money, I always say, is that numbers. And the problem with numbers are numbers are never ending. So yeah. it's kind of the same concept, really. It's like, yeah, I look good, but I want to look better, you know. And, and for me, I'm, I'm just happy the way I am, you know. That reminds me of a J. Cole song, Love Yours, where he talks about like no such thing as a life that's better than yours. That's that's yeah, I love it. But well, this you know, is the same, it's the same concept, you know, definitely the same concept. But um I I think and feel sometimes that you know what what the things that I do, I don't do I think people because I put it out there so publicly. Uh, I think I think people think that I'm either doing it for attention or perhaps doing it to look good, you know. And and there maybe are elements of I'd be a liar if I didn't say it wasn't like that sometimes. There maybe there are elements of that chemistry in there. But the main reason I do what I do and 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 go at things like I do is because I actually want to do them. And I think there's a difference there between hundred percent. You know, why, um, like why is it why is it so bad that it also makes you feel good at the same time? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You like know, that's what I think there's a lot of a lot of people don't understand the power of social media. I think I think I think people think, oh, you know, everyone's just lapping it up on social media to get likes or whatever. And some people do do that. But I think social media is a very powerful tool, and if it's used correctly, hundred uh, percent, it can change <laughs> people's lives. You know, uh, We're the same and, and dude, yeah. not just people, <laughs> but it can change situations. Even you know, and yeah, um, absolutely, definitely. The power of the, the power of the scroll, and you know what, like people that are scrolling Instagram and not seeing what they're like, you know what, you have the power. Change, change what you're seeing. You know, look at things that make you yeah, happy. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all about you know. A lot of things start with you. I always say this. You know, you, you need to 
sort of manifest what you want to see, what you want to do, where you want to go, who you want to be, most importantly. And you know what? Um, that, that manifestation and movement. That, you know, any, that is the thing. You don't need to go to university. You don't even need good grades. You don't need loads of money. You, you, anybody can do this at any point in their life, you know, and, and it's just about sitting down and just actually taking a moment for yourself and thinking about what is it that I really want to achieve? What is it that I really want to do? Where do I really want to go in, you know, where do I want to be in 10 years' time? It's little things like that, little questions that you've got to ask yourself. And and when you start coming up with the answers, that's when the chemistry starts flowing, I think. And then Absolutely. that's when you get elevated to new heights. When you um, align yourself with what you truly want, like nothing can get in your way. And it's like, this is why I was bringing up your Instagram because you know what we're having so much fun and we're diving left right and center and like getting off topic and i'm having a ball but the reason why i brought up your instagram was the one thing you've said tonight and one thing you've said on your instagram was about drive and i am a massive massive advocate for drive being one of the most important things we have like in terms of people like i'm doing a whole episode on it soon and but we talk about motivation being important. Motivation is fickle. Like motivation comes and goes, you know, there'll be days where yeah, that's a nice way of looking at it. Like that. And, and, you know, let's to put it bluntly towards your main focus and your goal right now is you're so driven to push this movement and spread awareness and, you know, achieve these goals. But there'll be days where you wake up and you're like, man, you know what? Fuck that. I can't be bothered. <laughs> But then you go, you know what? Actually, I'm yeah, gonna, yeah, I've got, I've got a mission. I, I'm my drive has taken over. My motivation might be gone, but my drive is still here. Yeah, loads, loads of times that's happened. Um, it's been happening quite recently, actually, during the training process that I'm going through, through at the moment. Um, you know, my body. The problem with the thing with ADHD, the problem with it is for me personally. I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but. I sometimes feel a bit impaired. So my body will be going at one speed and my mind will be going at another. Or my body will be feeling something that my mind isn't feeling. So they're never completely synchronized, you know, never completely <laughs> together, working together. There's always one more aligned than the other. And um, and for me, it's about bringing that back and trying to align it and, and get it working so it is synchronized, you know, uh, which is an incredibly difficult task. So sometimes you really do have to force yourself mentally to get up and, and go and do things that maybe you didn't want to do or you were sort of having an argument with your own brain about, do you know what I mean? Um, but, but, um, but, yeah, the training thing for me has been a an eye-opener, <laughs> massive eye-opener. <laughs> and you know what? It's, it's, it's even like you go to mental health and you see how mental health is different for everyone and even like – the physical act of doing something is so different for everyone. For you, you hate going to gym. For me, the first thing I want to do as soon as I open my eyes is go get a session in. And that's what I love to do. And that's easy for me, you know what I mean? But it's hard for you. And it's it's easy I'll for me. I'd be happy if I never see another gym again. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I, go, I go away you for four days. I'm like, where's the gym? <laughs> I think for me, it's it's... What I've done is is quite clever, really, because I've put myself in a situation where I know when I get on that course at Elvin on May the 8th, it's going to be towards the end of this thing. Yeah, I could be 
the most athletic person. I could have the best body. I could have the best fitness stamina. But it doesn't necessarily mean to say that I'm going to go and achieve them 370 miles that I want to go and do. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, what's going to get me through is this. And and it's all about mindset and, and mentality. It's mind over matter mentality a lot of the time. So what I've been doing is, because it's a Ironman challenge and there's lots of stamina and endurance required, I've been getting on machines and staying on them for an hour, two hours, keeping that sort of stamina going in the same surroundings, in the same environment with the same people around me. So it's all repetition. It's all boring. It's habit. But it's about getting through. It's about channeling it and getting through the, you know, the boring parts of it and the bad parts of it and when the fatigue kicks in. And and that's what I've been sort of training. I haven't really put that out publicly because um, well, I have not really, no one's really asked me about it, but <laughs> at, at, the, at the same time, uh, I don't know, it's been a bit of a secret for me and I've, I've exposed my secret to you, so you've got something out of me, but that, that's what I've been doing recently. It's been really paying off and, uh, you know, and it's, it's starting to work. Um, so... Yeah, I'm seeing results, and not just in the way that I look, like like you say, in terms of mentally, sort of. Uh, yeah, yeah, mentally, massive, ment- like mentally, I, I feel like I could go for weeks, uh, and that's not a euphemism. Do you know what I mean? You can <laughs> take that however you want. We can you can take that however you want to take that. But um, I'm not saying anything. But yeah, no, I've definitely seen an improvement in stamina for sure. Like. Um, I, I don't know, this this thing called scogging now, which is quite a popular thing in distance skateboarding, starting to come in into this country. Uh, a lot of people might have seen it on my story or they might have seen distance pushes before going at scogging, which is like skate jogging. And it's like an athletic way of skateboarding where you're just constantly pushing the legs really high and it's all about having a good core and centre of balance uh, and basically putting power into the pushing, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, propelling the leg. Um, so the scogging, the scogging for me is what's going to get me. That's going to get that's going to get me the speed, I think, um, on on the day for sure. And it's definitely going to, you know, speed things up when it comes to clocking in miles. But I am still I'm between us. I'm very nervous, you know, I'm very oh, very nervous about the whole thing. You wouldn't thing. be human if you weren't, bro. Like even like you've skated your whole life, but this is just it's it's like you said, it's a mental battle. And you know, I'd put it up there as with. Ultra marathon runners, like you're not exactly like you don't you don't go running every day or anything like that. It's not your thing. But here you are about to do how three hundred and twenty something miles was it? Yeah, so it's thirteen marathons in twenty four hours on a skateboard. That's what it is. So you're ultra marathon, six. you're doing an ultra marathon on a skateboard, bro. <laughs> like, like that's yeah, it's, that's a, it's a proper serious task, you know. And I, and I think you know when I when I first announced it be in twenty twenty two last year, I think people thought. Oh, it seems like a good thing. It was maybe a bit of novelty or whatever, but uh, it's really not. This is a mammoth task and it's a very serious one. And there's a lot of consequences, you know, uh, a lot of things to think about, a lot of um, a lot of training that's gone into it, as I've documented and you've seen. But I, I think for me that on the day, there's a lot to consider. You know, if I fall off, the record's not valid. So I need to, you I know, I need to keep going. Are, are you going to ride switch at all? Like, is that a thing? Yeah, that's a gonna... great question. 
Um, so my switch oh, game. Wait, wait. Before, was bef- yeah. Game. Before you answer it, for those that don't know board sports at all, switch means basically. Um, so let's let's for, say for example, Ryan's a regular footer. He's gonna have his right foot. Uh, sorry, his left foot on the board and his his right foot kicking. And if he's switch, he's gonna have his right foot on the board and his left foot kicking. So he's gonna face the other way, basically. Sorry. <laughs> go, go, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um yeah switch game has definitely increased over the last yeah. six months um thankfully for me i've always been all right at switch even when i used to skate more um more aggressively when i was younger and more uh not i wouldn't say passionately because i still skate passionately now but i see um, that i see you I, was, part. I was definitely more daring uh more committed to um learning new tricks and, and certainly performing shall we say on the skateboard when i was younger but um what whereas now i'm just content <laughs> you know i'm happy that i can still do tricks you know but um at the same time i'm just happy cruising around and sort of rekindling our flames but uh in, in terms of pioneering with skateboarding this is pioneering with skateboarding um Distance skateboarding is starting to become a big deal now, and obviously, I want to. I know I'm good at doing it, and I'd be I'd be a liar. I, I won't, you know, if, if you ask me, if, I'd like to be sort of, uh, what's the word, modest in some respects, and say, oh, I'm okay at skate. But when it comes to distance skateboarding, going against this clock, you know, for someone with ADHD, you couldn't have picked a better challenge, really. <laughs> Having ADHD, do you know what I mean? Because we wake up every morning. And yeah. we check- and we're chasing the clock. Do you know what I mean? We're looking, oh, geez, I should have been there at that time. Or, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's constantly trying to cram as much into your day. This, this challenge is exactly the same. And um, so think of it like that. And and I I reckon, man, that I, I am a pretty decent distance pusher um, in terms of, you know, some of these long distance pushers have been doing it for many, many years. And they still haven't wanted to go into the Miami Ultra or they haven't wanted to basically do what I'm doing, which is go for a world record. So I'm ambitious, yes, but at the same time, I truly believe that I can do this and this can be achieved. I wouldn't have taken on the challenge if I didn't think it was possible. So, oh, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I've got nothing but There's a few demons I want to put to bed whilst doing it as well. Um, some guys have said some pretty derogatory things about me and said some pretty bad things about the whole thing, really. And, and they're affiliated with the long distance pushing scene in America and across the Atlantic. And um, and that's a shame, you know. I'm not going to start like getting all pedantic and argumentative with them. I'll stay humble and, and do what I've got to do. But um, I, I just think it's a shame that the cat, that was me. And somebody was going to, if if I break this record and somebody comes along afterwards in another country or another place and they come up with a great idea to raise money and awareness for charity as well, I'll be like, you guys got it and you've got my full support. But unfortunately, some people in the scene are not like that and they make things difficult. But um, well, I'm not phased by it. It certainly hasn't got in my way. I think that, I think that was the game plan to really put me off and, and get in the way of, you know, get in my head not in my head if anything it's fueled the fire even more and maybe want to go out even more to want to show these guys that this can be achieved the thing is with that scene with the distance skateboarding 
is they use a carbon fiber longboard. Uh, I think it's about seven foot actually in, in length. Quite a big thing. Uh, it's as big as my surfboard. <laughs> yeah, it's a big board, big wheels. Huge. I'm actually just doing this on a standard pool board or a, a standard deck, you know, yeah. deck. Um, what I would ride on a on a ramp with or in the skate park or a roundabout, you know. That's the best. Um, so, but you know what? Like that's that's that negative side of social media. We both said already how amazing social media can be, but at the end of the day, you can't put it more bluntly than haters gonna hate. And if yeah, yeah, of course. And, and you know what upsets me is the fact that some people they go looking for that. That's all they live for, you know. And and it's, keyboard it's such warriors, a shame brother, that... <laughs> you can't. You yeah, can't, you know, like, <laughs> as long as there's internet, there's gonna be keyboard warriors, and that's it. But of course, you know, you're doing an amazing thing, and you're raising awareness for millions of people like we're gonna it'll get out there you know like you're you're literally gonna be the king of the castle with you're gonna have the record man like no wonder they're coming at you because they see it as like, oh, i'm gonna take on the big dude over there so just take that no more than just like you know th them seeing you at the top of the table because that's what you're doing man but not only at the top of the table you're doing it for a good reason you're not doing it for an ego stroke you're doing it to raise awareness for an amazing um, charity like Mind, and you know, raise awareness for mental health, and what's better than that? Yeah, exactly. That's a great message there, Jack. Is I think uh, you know, if we're just doing it for a personal achievement on my own ego, then you know, I could maybe understand the criticism. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, this this now for me is is a much bigger message, a much bigger challenge, um, because there's. It's drawing the right attention to what what I want to get across, which is, you know, I've got ADHD. Millions of other people have got ADHD. Tens of millions of people are suffering with mental health, you know. So what are we going to do to support them? What are we going to do to try and put more information out there? What are we going to do to encourage people to express how they really feel it. And to me, that, that's what's more important is getting them, them messages across and getting people talking and interacting, man. And it's a great way of doing it. And 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 obviously May the 8th, you know, I should have done it on May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately the king's getting crowned, isn't he, that weekend? So, <laughs> you know, there'll be a million people watching that. So I thought I'd let him have his moment and then let him have the Skate yeah. King's going to come and have his moment. <laughs> on, 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 like, hey, I'll be, I mean? That's I'll, I'll, be I'll be there to crown you, brother. Don't <laughs> worry about it. <laughs> you know, I, I think I think for me on the day, I, I, people asking me what, you know, I'm going to come and spectate. Hopefully hundreds will turn out and spectate and the stalls and things. And I know for a fact there's going to be a bar and some food stalls there and things. Uh, so you'll be able to wet your whistle and whatnot uh, whilst watching me skate around another thing quickly is, is the weather man because uh I, i've said i haven't announced it officially yet but i'll tell you that no matter what happens on that day whether it rains or shines i'll be taking to that course and that's course and be doing i'm gonna do it Love so it. that to me that you know it's not about it's not about you know it's about doing the challenge and i've said i'm gonna do the challenge and i'm a man of what i say so yeah. i'm not just gonna you know try and get out of it i'm gonna go out there and do it whether it's raining so, or shining you know what so, if it rains and as much as as 
as I am so cold here and when it rains, because I'm Australian and I'm used to a little bit warmer weather, I'm going to be there if it rains. I might not bring my skateboard because I don't want it to oh, get waterlogged. I don't want my board yes. to get waterlogged, but I'll be there with my, my vans on. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, if it rains, it won't be a skateboarding record. It'll be a surfing record. So either way, I'm going to have a record in board sport. I'll bring my board. Be, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it, man. But, um, hey, if but, it snows, yeah, I'll bring I'm my skateboard. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. So we 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 kitted out for the for the occasion, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I I think for me now, I'm at a point where I'm training well, I'm feeling well, I'm looking well, and um the, the drive, the focus, that fire inside is there, and and I, I want to utilize that now. I wish the event was now so I could go out there and do it. Yeah, I've been feeling like that for the past couple of weeks, you know, and this next two to three weeks is really dragging for me. It's like, come on, let's, you know, I want to get there and, 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 you know, May the 8th can't come any quicker in my opinion. Just bring it I on. I'm excited, man. I can't wait to be there. So just to let people know who are listening, um, you know, what, who might not be following on Instagram, let's give a rundown on the day and, you know, plug your Instagram and let's, let's hear what you have to say about everyone who is supporting you. Yeah, yeah, sure. So first of all, the event is on Bank Holiday Monday, which is May the 8th. No attention to two official Guinness World Records for skateboarding for the farthest distance travelled. So that's in 12 hours and 24 hours. The 12-hour record is 125 miles, which you would have to achieve to go on and do the 24, which is standing at 261 or 2 miles uh, officially through Guinness, but there's an unofficial record, which I don't have to break to be in the Guinness World Record books, by the way, at the moment. But I would like to break to get into the 300 mile club is a Joe Mazzone record set at the Miami Ultra, uh, which was allegedly 317 miles. So I do want to go for that one as well. So there's three records, really. There's two official Guinness World Records that have been registered and documented and verified officially. And then there's this unofficial Miami Ultra record set by Joe Mazzone at 317 miles. But they have this little thing at this Miami Ultra called the 300 Mile Club, and apparently only 10 other skateboarders have ever achieved it. So I want to go into history as the 11th. And, Don't worry um, about the Miami, bro. <laughs> We're taking them on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we, but I'm more focused on the Guinness World Records because they're yeah. the official ones that have been verified and adjudicated and, the you know, they've obviously followed the process and everything. I'm not saying the guys at the Miami Ultra haven't done that and, and by no means saying anything negative about it. Um, no, I understand. So I would actually quite like to go in. If I, do, if I do well in this challenge, I would actually potentially like to go over there oh, next man. year and represent Great so uh, on on a regular skateboard though I must put that out there Not yeah take them on man I love that I love that yeah no because they're all laughing at me on this normal skateboard a skateboard's a skateboard it's it's a wooden board with trucks and wheels that's my opinion but that to me is what a skateboard is I don't know what your views are on that um, but but you know um, we'll go with it so yeah that's <laughs> going to be happening uh, we're going to be fundraising for, well I'm fundraising now for three different charities so yep fundraising for the the national mind uh, which is a mental health charity as many people know helps millions of people across the uk with their mental health and supports them doing it for andy's man club which is a 
another men's mental health charity and you've got one in Scarborough now, which is great. Yeah, um, we had them on an episode three. Like, suicide prevention, self-harm. It's, it's a great charity. And I know, yeah, there was a surf session, I believe, in Scarborough for Andy's Man Club the other week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm doing it for them, guys. And also now I'm doing it for another charity in Moulton called Next Steps, which is a mental health resource centre for everybody uh, of all ages. And they do lots of lots of fun things, they do lots of crafts, lots of activities, oh, uh, but most of all, very vulnerable, vulnerable people. So uh, I'm all for that. And, and it's, it's local to me. Um, so big up to them, guys. I'm uh, thankful to a few people uh, for supporting me. One's Everyone Active, who run gyms and fitness centres across the country and swimming facilities. Uh, they've endorsed me as an athlete. So without them, I wouldn't have had my free gym pass to go and train. <laughs> they must have seen some potential. Um, so I'm appreciative for that, you know, because without that training, I wouldn't be able to, you know, do what I'm going to go out and do. Um, Etnies are going to be my official shoe sponsor <laughs> on the day. So nice Etnies Australia's at the minute, which are beautiful shoes, um, very comfy. And um, I'm very thankful to Skateboard GB for supporting me throughout this because if I go out there and do what I've got, got to go and do on the day, I will be the first Great Britain skater to achieve two world records in one day and also achieve that distance. You know, no other UK skater has ever done a distance record. So it, it would be a massive thing for the bro, for, you're for Great Britain. And it would be. You'll be the first human to do it, bro. <laughs> well, this is it. It'd be, a, it'd be a massive thing for UK skateboarding as well. So I feel yeah. like it would draw the right attention to that to the action sports community, which is what I kind of want to do. You know, I want to sort of draw that attention to skateboarding, and it's right before a monumental um, campaign to go into the olympics next year because obviously we've got sky representing she's just won the world championships and um i think she'll do really well i think she'll probably beat a personal best of a bronze medal and, and maybe up the game to a silver or gold hopefully for great britain so um so hopefully it'll draw that attention in for that ready Wait, for the to, get a, next year. to get a little bit uh competitive wasn't it the aussies that won it last year Oh, the, sorry, in the last yeah. Olympics, didn't we win the gold medal? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, this is, this is it, you know. And um, yeah, Shane O'Neill, man. Shane O'Neill's a fantastic skateboarder. And um, this, this, you know, this, the thing is, is like, the, the problem with Great Britain is the weather. I always say that if, if we had the weather that you Aussies get, or even across the Atlantic gets, even some parts of the Middle East get, you know, and Eastern Europe and stuff, if we had the weather and the climate, you wouldn't want to leave Great Britain because there's some beautiful places in Great Britain. But it's a beautiful it's, country. Sometimes it's the weather, that, it, it, it's the weather that, that's its downfall and you, you know, it's so unpredictable. Do you know what I mean? It's like you just don't know what you're going to get and and, um, and that's what lets, you know, obviously you need good, for outdoor skating, you need to be able to have good weather. Even indoor skate parks can be, pretty perilous in, in cold weather, you know, with the condensation. And, Although I'm, and I'm blown away at the uh, uh, the action sports um, scene up here, man. There's a lot of surfers and a lot of skaters. 
And like I'm yeah, in Thornton the Dale, really, which is a really small big. town. We got a skate park, you know. There's some towns back home in Oz that don't have skate parks. Yeah, Scarborough now has got a massive scene. It's always had a really good solid skate scene for as long as I can remember. I remember a lot of the old Scarborough crews to come through on the train and skate Molten many years ago. Um, some of us stay in touch with now and stuff. And the surfing, the surfing's always been in Scarborough, but I think over the last sort of five to ten years, it's definitely escalated and grown and got bigger and bigger and bigger. And that again, that, that I think that that depends and relies upon the powers of social media. Uh, a lot of people are seeing these sort of seaside towns and resorts now and places being like, oh, that looks amazing. You know, there's lots of bloggers and bloggers and things sort of documenting where they're going and what what they've done and things. And people are seeing the beauty and sort of tranquility in it all. A good like, part oh, of social media. You know what, this weekend, we might go, yeah. yeah, we might go and have a look at Scarborough. We might have a look at Fire. We might go, let's go for a drive there. And I think this is what's happening at the moment. And a lot of these places that were perhaps once upon a time, maybe small, close-knit, quiet, um, sort of sleepy seaside towns, villages, etc., are becoming like popular tourist attractions all year round. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah. that's like, again, you've got social media a lot of the time to thank for that. But yeah, surfing's a big deal now and it's very popular on the northeast coast. Uh, skateboarding is definitely on the rise again it took a bit of a dip about 10 years ago but now it's definitely on the rise same, again same um, in oz like we yeah. had the global cup um come back to Oz a few times when i was a kid i used to go watch that every time but i feel like it it almost dipped everywhere for a minute and now it's it's starting to come back pretty strong i think with the rise of the olympics and stuff as well scooters took over for and ages i think it'd be wrong not to mention that i think the talent of skateboarding now is yep it's next level, uh, yeah. and as kids, absolutely, you know, and taking it to a different level altogether yeah. and elevating it to new heights. So, okay. um, it's definitely, and it's a multicultural sport now, you know, and, and mm. like, there's a lot of diversity, a lot of women doing it now, and a lot of people about the transgender community and the LGBT community and things, they're getting involved. And, and to me, that's what skateboarding was all about, it always has been about, it's always been about everybody coming together and togetherness. And that's why I fell in love with it so passionately when I was younger, because it, it opened it's, my mind. It's like know? outcast. And, and given that, you, that. Yeah. It's like you're outcast, but you're not. So that again, when you're, it's like you're outcast, but when you're doing it, you're not. Cause everyone's the same, you know, like you're all well, Yeah, of course. I agree. Yeah. I mean, you, you come into the sport as an outcast because everybody's different when they first come into the sport, you know, they, they're still finding themselves and, 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 you know, you may be close minded, but by the time you, you, you've got into the skate scene, you leave open minded, if that makes yeah. sense. And that's, that's kind of it. how I've always approached, you know, and it's definitely opened my mind to all kinds of things, you know, in life, whether it be music or art, culture, sexuality, everything, you know. So, yeah, definitely without skateboarding, I wouldn't be sat here. Well, yeah, and the, the, and I think this exactly, exactly. Yeah, and and it's the I've other said, and it's a nice way to end this because I I always say skateboarding saved my life, man. And um, for the, I mean I don't have to talk about this very openly with people, but when I was younger, I was involved with some um, some quite serious people, some dangerous people. Um, maybe I've never really there's no malice in me. Um, 
I can I'm not a bad person. I've always used my own mind and my own initiative. Um, never easily influenced as some people with ADHD are. And that, that could have gone against me as a youngster because a lot of people with ADHD are very easily influenced and they'll do anything to fit in. And I, I was starting to get that way. Um, and I would say if I hadn't found skateboarding, when I found skateboarding, I would have probably have ended up in juvenile or young offenders institute or even prison, you know, I would have definitely got a criminal record or maybe even got addicted to something which is more sinister and and yeah. and because we've got quite addicted to is So it kind of came around at the right time for me at 12 and um saved my life. So I'm, I've always been packed for the skateboarding because when things get dark or tough or whatever, I've got that to turn to and and come out better. So I love that. It's, I love it's definitely that. helped me. Obviously. It's special, um, man. All, yeah, all no, I recommend. Yeah, so all, all board sports, man. Board sports are amazing for our mental health. Like you've used it all your life as a way to, you know, connect with people, but also take a mental break from things that you're doing and just focus on being on your board. Because you know, for from uh, from experience, if you don't focus on your skateboarding while you're skateboarding. Goodbye to your ankles, goodbye to your knees, goodbye to your skin. Like, yeah, if you don't yeah, focus cool. on your board sports, you're eating it. Of course. Of course. Yeah, so- and, and going back to what we just talked about, which is the challenge, I, th- I think that's what I'm, what I'm most scared of at the moment is the fear of getting hurt because skateboarding at the best of times poses great risks, you know. And training for this thing one in the gym or two on the skate park or three doing some distance skating there's a high possibility that i could get injured quite easily do you know what i mean and it would be a crying shame i'd be so heartbroken if you know i get injured now two weeks before the event when i put in six to seven months of my life training and and you know what i kind of feel now and looking at it through different eyes and a different perception how deflated and heartbroken some of these olympians some of these athletes feel when they're training for one moment it's like me i'm training for one moment of your life for years and years and years and years and some of them don't even make it to the moment where they're training for so yeah, I can totally relate to that. And, and 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 just thinking about it gets me all emotional because when they start crying, I think, I think people say, why, 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 is it, why are they crying? You know, what, getting, you won an Olympic medal. I can understand, you know, the elation, feeling amazing and you got more the emotions and things. But yeah, more empathy for it, especially when you see people that don't win in the crying. It's like, you know, I feel sorry for them and feel empathy. But at the same time, like, you wonder why they're doing it. And now I totally get it because they're totally committed, dedicated their life. They're truly believing that they can do this. And, you know, they've changed the way they live and the diet and framed sort of relentlessly for three, four years, sometimes even for one moment that some of them don't even get to because of injury or. That's, that's why reasons, I was asking. You know. That's why I was asking if you're going to ride switch. Cause I'm like, you know, doing, 300 plus miles in like say if you're are you a regular footer regular skateboarder yeah yeah regular. yeah yeah so you're regular footed so doing regular for 300 miles man that's like a bit of strain on the body that's why i mentioned switch are you gonna Looking do back in hindsight, yeah i actually feel 
The, I used, people used to laugh because when I first started getting Ace Escape Mongo Switch, which is dreadful. Oh, yeah. And if I'm coaching kids, I'm coaching young people, I always try and get them out of Mongo and into whichever foot they feel comfortable putting forward on the board. But um, looking back in hindsight, I'm actually grateful that I did uh, Mongo Switch when I was younger because it's increased my Switch game massively. And um, when I learned to push properly, which, which I'm more comfortable regular, um, I tried pushing switch and I found it very similar to the Mongo, but obviously yeah. doing it properly. And, um, yeah. and I think there'll be all kinds of variations of pushing going on when it comes to the heart of the challenge. When, once, once the time's up, you know, I'll have done at least three or four different variations, even maybe even a variation I didn't know of just to try <laughs> and get me through it. One foot's on that board and the other foot's on the floor propelling me forward. I don't really care what I do it in. Do you know what I mean? So You are only the second Mongol skater I've ever met, bro. I'm not even joking. My <laughs> mate Riley, my mate Riley got on the board and I was like, man, what are you doing? And for those that don't know as well, yeah, we you know what, back in the early noughties, back in the early noughties when I first started skating, it was like loads of Mongol skaters. But I think now because skateboarding, like you say, it's all about information and YouTube tutorials and, ah, you know, the powers of social media, all that sort of thing. I think people maybe know a little bit more about skateboarding now, do you know what I mean? And there's more information about it and it's more of a popular thing to do. Where, whereas back then it was kind of like, I remember getting abused at school, you know, oh. if I went in an <laughs> t-shirt or a t-shirt or if I had brown shoes on or whatever. I remember people think, oh, he's a goth, he's a grebo, a mosh, you know, <laughs> things like some sort of coconut shy, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but um, but now it's like a real cool thing to do, which is, you know, it's hip. Everyone wear wears vans. <laughs> you know, I think you know, it, it was. So, it uh, might be different for us, like in Oz, like we're like all my mates were skaters, <laughs> like my whole town. No one, everyone's wearing vans. Everyone's skaters. Everyone's like, we were there first, baby. We were, we were I mean, that's incredible when you think about it, you know, and yeah. skateboarding back then was huge, you know, 80s and stuff. So I, um, I literally just original. Bought, nothing is original. I literally just, I'm, I got some Boas um, snowboard boots, which are like, um, you, you wind them up instead of lace them up. And they were amazing. Right, for, okay, like, yeah, they're cool. They're cool, man. But I, I seen some vans that are lace up, and I was like, I don't care. I'm going back to lace up just to get the vans. <laughs> <laughs> just so you could own a pair, right? Absolutely. Um, but for no, those that don't know, yeah, Mongol is like when you um when you push with your front foot and not your back foot. That's, that's right. Correct, yeah? yeah. 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 So yeah. No, so. no, it's where you push with your back foot and not your front foot. Does that make sense? So the foot's on the back. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, your foot on your right the foot on your board is the foot at the back of the board. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These are all very scientific yeah, terms. Yeah. People will be body, able to watch you in a week. Your body actually your body turns <laughs> as you get on the board. If you mount the board, your body turns with it. So yeah. it's not going, do you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Right, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think Mongo will probably get me through. The end of this. I am saving Mongo to last because I can really let rip with Mongo. So yeah, man. <laughs> so uh, that's the last resort. But yeah, I, I think I'll probably start the first. Uh, it's hard to explain. What I'm going to do is 
strategically, I think, is the first four hours is push regular. The next four hours, I'm going to push switch. The next four hours, I'm going to push Mongo switch. And then we'll keep alternating like that, I think. Just, oh, yeah. just so it gives it, yeah. you know, it gives gives one side some wear and tear, but it also gives it time to recuperate Heal. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. That's um, why I asked originally. Yeah, I was like, doing too, much, too much on one and not on the other, if that makes It's balance. Everything's done in balance. This is a real difficult task for me because it's all about pace. And that's something that I, I kind of struggle with. It's one of my flaws is pace. Um, you just want to go. I'm just all about, man. Yeah. I just go at it. I'm all in, you know. Uh, and and this 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 these kind of challenges are all about pace. And I mm. think some people forget that. Yeah, you're racing against the clock, or sometimes racing against other people or whatever. But you've got to pace yourself to get bring out the best in you. So I'm working on that massively all the time, mentally, and and you know physically as well in the gym. So we'll see oh, if it paid off on the day. Well, brother, man, it's 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 been a blast. Like it's what it's it's nine thirty now in the UK, and I don't know. People are not from the UK know that everyone goes to bed here at about six o'clock. So <laughs> we've stayed up late. <laughs> we've stayed up late. I've had an amazing chat. Um, is there anything else like you want to give one last plug to the event and sponsors or say thank you to anyone? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, well, I'd like to thank everybody, including yourself, really, for supporting me and backing this. Uh, but, but, but secondly, yeah, if anybody wants to financially support any of the charities that I mentioned earlier, then there is a Just Giving link on my bio in my um, on my Instagram and social media pages, and you can find me at official Ryan Swain on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, anything that you can sort of donate will be hugely appreciated any contributions but it's not always about financial gain you know it's about raising the awareness as well uh, and the support most importantly so yeah thanks to anybody that supported me along the way so far and hopefully we can get more people on the bandwagon and make this really special so that's yeah, it man, man. Pleasure, Norm normalize the conversation so for anyone looking to um see how that's spelt it's ryan r r y a n Swain S W A I N. So if you can you understand, got it right. Accent. Jeez, a lot, a, lot, <laughs> a lot of a lot of interviewers. They, 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 I've had everything from Swan to Swain. And, and yeah, yeah. Stop um, looking at me, Swan. Well. Yeah, yeah, you did, you did good, you did good. No, bro, I appreciate you taking the time for the chat, and you know what, I can't wait to be there. So when we release this episode. It's it's literally a week from today, so I, I can't wait, man. Yeah, it's gonna be good, man. It's great to have you on board. So another Hello, board sport dude. for you on on board the. Uh... Hey, I, I've been a skater. I and you, I've skated, but I've never I've never been a tricky skater. So if you can push me into a half pipe, I'd be impressed. I've always skated to get around though, like around my town, not like three hundred uh, miles around, just a couple kilometers, but. <laughs> But I'm going to do a few laps with me at Elvin. Maybe that'll increase your. Uh, I'm going to be there for sure. If, so. if the sun's out, <laughs> I'll bring them aboard. Don't worry about it. Hundred percent. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's another quick message. Anybody that wants to come and support and spectate, bring your boards. Come and come and have a session. You know? Yeah, that's it, man. It's bring like, your boards along. We can all push Ryan like just by riding next to him. He's going to be faster than us, but we we can have we can have a little shred. 
I don't think anyone will be able to catch up with me, to be honest. I, I think I I'll love it. Own it, brother. That That's it. <laughs> I, I won't be stopping for anything. Do you know what I mean? Not That's it, brother. Be, I can't wait. Out. Well, I'm proud of you, man. Cool. We've only just met. And, you know, let's keep the conversation going. This this will not be the last time we sit and have a chat because this was too easy, brother. Yeah, definitely. We're going to go off some... Well, let's see. If I do this, well, I need another incentive. I've got a lot of these incentives now. I could literally pull out scroll <laughs> of all these incentives if I don't. So we're going to add another incentive to this long list, which is if I do this, we'll go and celebrate at the Tapas place in Thornton. Hey, what's the tap what's Tapas place called? Um, Zimologist. It's it's someone that's um, – so Zimologist means someone that's um, adapting the art of brewing. I'm pretty sure that's what it means. I'm not 100% sure. Right. Okay, well, now, now I'm second guys. guessing myself. <laughs> We're going to come and celebrate this full record being broken. Oh, after. oh you heard yeah. it here first. After party at Zoomologist. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, Legend, Stop. you have a great night. And, um, yeah, I'm going to talk to you still. But, you know, everyone else, get on board and support the message. Thanks, guys. Take care. Cheers, brother. So there you have it. Ryan Swain. What a jet. One week from today, a Guinness World Record holder. So I look forward to being there, cheering on Ryan. So if you're free, get down there, you know, support the cause, support the movement, and let's raise awareness for, you know, all the mental health um, conditions or, you know, challenges, as well as ADHD in adults. Thank you, brah. Alrighty. So now we've come to the living part of the Lost and Living podcast, you know, where I talk about what I've been up to the last fortnight, any adventures I've had or haven't had. So to top it off, or to start it off, sorry, I went to the Yorkshire Spa Retreat with The Lovely, and that place was phenomenal. I didn't know what to expect. It's brand new, and it was it was pretty unreal. The, the day call was amazing. Um... Very unique. They got like a dome that's kind of shaped like a hive, and it was really cool. The uh, wild, the wild pool, which was it said ten degrees. It was way colder than ten degrees Celsius. I got in. I felt like there was crystals forming on my skin. That that was very cold. And then the aroma sauna, as well as the salt sauna and the steam room. You know, they got a spa bath and plenty of different styles of massages. I had the light something massage. I can't quote it. I forget what it was, but I'm going to tell you this right now. It was by far the best massage I've ever had. Anywhere, period, full stop. Thank you for coming. So if you're in the area, North Yorkshire, check out the North Yorkshire Spa Retreat. Definitely worth it. Tell them to sponsor me too. I'd love to go monthly. <laughs> Alrighty. Moving on. A new... Tapper's Place, a bar slash cocktail joint opened up in Thornton the Dow, Zimologist. Now, I didn't know what a Zimologist was, but it's someone adapting the art of brewing. So that's what they definitely are. And the food there is up there, some of my favorite food in the area. The pizza's unreal. You know, the music's good. The rum is good. All the different types of Tapper's food that you'd, you'd love anywhere, like pork belly and goat's cheese and just oh man i could go on you know it opened up and i've been there literally once a week since so 
check out the Zimologist Tapper's Bar in Thornton the Dale. You know, it wouldn't be another episode of Lost in Living without me going to Robin Hood's Bay. So we went to Robin Hood's Bay again. I love that place, but my history got checked. A local legend from Birdies of the Bay, which is a clothing shop up there, they make Guernseys. Now, in Australia, we say Guernsey, but a Guernsey is like a football jumper. Here, a Guernsey. But a Guernsey is like an old uh, woolen knitted um, fisherman's jumper. And it was pretty cool, man. Not only was it comfy, but they schooled me on everything about it. Like the, the oil in the wool makes it odorless. So like if they were fishing and stuff, it would not get odors on it at all. You, and you're not allowed to wash it. If you wash it, you remove all the oil and you basically ruin the jumper. So never wash it if you get one from Birdies of the Bay. The design of it, this, the pattern that it's knitted on, is specific for Robin Hood's Bay. And yeah, they're doing amazing things, bringing that OG fisherman style back. I did a reel about it, so check them out on my Instagram at Boardies and Beanies. One thing I did not expect, they schooled my history on Robin Hood's Bay. I googled it, and I thought, you know, um, it was gospel because I googled it, and everything on the internet you read is basically fact. But Robin Hood's Bay wasn't named after Robin Hood chasing off the French pirates, like I said in one of my other episodes. It was actually, its its name is The Bay, and it got Robin Hood added to it simply for tourism. So it's definitely worked. That place is heaving. It's amazing. We also went to Tea Toast Post, which is a cool little shop. So, man, I love Every time we go there, we find something new. But definitely, if you're in the area, go to Birdies, get one of the jumpers. They're super warm. The beanies, they're stylish as well. Mad steezy, as I would say. But Birdies of the Bay and Robin Hood Bay, definitely one of my favorite places. Something interesting happened this week as well. I met a bloke named Jason, absolute gem. You know, a hard worker up here in Thornton the Dale. And he is a beekeeper. He has beekeeping business, uh, or he does beekeeping. And he goes to schools and teaches the importance of keeping bees. And he schooled me, man. He gave me some facts. Uh, I didn't know that when a bee flies over a flower, that the flower releases like pheromones to tell the bee whether it's been pollinated or not. So if it has been, the bee's like, ah, better not go there and find something else fresh. Um, also, when a bee gets into its hive, it wiggles its, you know, it wiggles its booty and around in a um, specific way to tell other bees literally the coordinates of like the best flowers that they were at so those bees just without having been there before leave the hive straight off to where the good flowers are man bees are phenomenal so if you see a bee don't squash a bee they're super important to our ecosystem too but man i, I might we might be getting a beehive even so he's g'd me up i'm excited also had another surf this uh fortnight i went out with matt the surfing coach um on instagram the surfing coach i'm hanging to do a few more lessons with him we basically stripped down my style and ripped off all the bad habits and man i have some bad habits so we're just starting from scratch and like i've said many times before like my version of surfing is basically getting in the water i paddle around and i get exhausted and come out so <laughs> i've never had enough consistency so i'm hanging to do that now with matt and he knows his stuff he's been lifeguarding on in the area and around and teaching lifeguarding as well for over 20 years so i know i'm safe with that dude um but yeah it's time to fix the pop up a little bit i get my front foot i'm used to leaning back like on the wakeboard and stuff but 
on the surfboard, you've got to kind of lean forward. So I've got to trust that leaning forward motion. But I'm going to get it. I'm adding surfing to the bag. It's coming. I promise you it's coming. I've locked in a few other more sessions. And no matter how far along you are in your surf uh, capabilities, hit up Matt, the surfing coach. It's just the surf, uh, the underscore surfing underscore coach on Instagram. He's a legend. I'm actually hanging. We might be able to get him on the show soon, so we'll see. But again, it was super cold. Man, the ocean up here in Scarborough, um, South Bay, no joke. North Seas, you guys out here are mental. But I did get used to my wetsuit. It wasn't as exhausting as last time. So watch this space. Adding surfing to the bag, boy. And then lastly, to round the week off, we went to London. You know, we went there for a cheeky one-nighter. Um, we were actually heading down to watch the um, Ain't Too Proud to Beg musical. And we got there having a ball. Like, it's a pretty easy trip from the north to head down to London. Um, we were enjoying a lovely dinner at a place called Incognito, which is probably one of the my favorite places that we've eaten at in London so far, in the Soho district, and then we went to the musical, and it was so good, like, I'm a Temptations fan, I love all music, to be honest, but yeah, I, I can dig me some Temptations, like, my girl, my girl, <laughs> but um, unfortunately, something happened about 45 minutes into the show, and, you know, the curtains came down, and we were a bit like, oh, what's going on, and everyone's whispering, and had their own you know, um, thoughts about what was happening, but the missus, I think she saw something, she saw a bloke hobble off, I think the dance moves he was cutting, like, he was doing some splits and stuff, I think he popped his hamstring, so I hope that fella is alright, and the 45 minutes that we did see of Ain't Too Proud to Beg, I would definitely go back, it was worth the 45 minutes, fortunately, we're going to cop a refund, so I'm going to rebook the next ones, because... You know, I want to see how it finishes because it was really fun in that 45 minutes. Um, then we headed um, back to the room and chilled out and spent the Saturday exploring London because I haven't done too much exploring. I haven't really done the touristy stuff. So we went to Borough Market. Oh, my goodness. I could spend all day there just eating food. It was beautiful. I had an amazing sandwich from the Black Pig. And then headed off to the eye, um, saw Big Ben and saw the palace. So that was pretty cool. But, you know, the highlight of that day is I got to saw my mate Scotty B, Scotty Brennan from back home. He was um, just made it to London, him and his lovely Sky and their little one are doing a, a EU trip with a bit of UK added. So, you know, that was a blessing to be able to sit down with one of my boys from primary school and high school and have a, you know, have a cheeky beverage and just talk a bit of stuff. So, love you, Scotty. Um, yeah, that was our fortnight, man. We just chilled out for the rest of the weekend, a few things around the house, and, you know, we, we spent a good fortnight lost in living. So, you know, I feel blessed. I'm having an absolute ball every day, just like we all should. You know, we are blessed. i got some beautiful people around me. I'm having an amazing time no matter what I'm doing. Life truly is what you make it, and I'm making it an exciting one. That's for sure. So, thanks for listening to another episode, listening to me, you know, have a chat with Ryan, a, a soon-to-be Guinness World Record holder, what a jet, it hasn't been without adversity, but he's pushed through all of it, 
and he's absolutely charging. So it was a pleasure talking to him. And like I said, man, we could have talked for hours. It was very natural. You know, he's one of the boys now. So shout out to Ryan. Shout out to everyone else in my life that made my, my fortnight amazing. Shout out to the lovely. We had a beautiful time, as always. I can't complain. Every day with her is a great day. And shout out to Good Rays, the first sponsor of the podcast. And if you've made it this far, you know, I'm going to share with everyone. But if you've made it this far, there, uh, there is a discount code. It's called LivingPod20 for a cheeky 20% off. So I'll give you the first week to get on top of that before I share it with everyone else. So there you go. Cheeky 20% off in the UK for Good Rays products. And they're an amazing product. I can't, like, I take my nighttime uh, CBD oil now and I just pass out. So thank you, Good Rays. And thank you for listening to another episode. Next week, another gem. Every week they're legends. But next week we've got Jacob Vendetti, a bloke who has cystic fibrosis, and he's doing amazing things for the cause. So I can't wait to drop that. But until then, I hope you enjoyed listening to my voice. I hope you watch the video uh, of the podcast next week where we drop it on YouTube, me and Ryan, um, the interview, talking stuff. So look out for that. Otherwise, look out for yourself. You have a great day every day. You wake up with a smile telling yourself you're beautiful and have a good one. I love you and I appreciate you all. Shout out to Council Bluffs again. (laughs) All right, guys, I'm out of here. You have a good one. Great fortnight, great life, great everything. Yeah.